Okay, starting recording. Let's do a sound check, Divan. One, two, three, four, five, six. All good, Gaurav. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you, Gaurav. Ji Hanuma Bihari. That's how you should start the podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you know here on Stump Mike and in ESPN Cricket Info, we're for the most part we're unbiased, we're neutral. But I, for the last half an hour, cannot help but have the biggest smile on on my face. I'm Karthik Iyer speaking to you after the fifth day's play at the SCG. After a battered, a bruised, but a brave India has managed to draw the test at the SCG. Therefore, we'll go into the fourth test. Australia versus India from the Gabba with the series at stake. On the panel today is a man who, if I ever, ever want to take part in the lottery, right? I'm going to ask Devan Sen to buy my ticket. Devan, at the start of day one, you mentioned that this match is going to be a draw. I don't think you expected it yesterday, but boy, were you right? Uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, uh, the smugness of the prediction aside, uh, fascinating Test cricket. and in the end i think a fair result because both teams really did put in a grand show and it would have been quite unfair for either of the side to actually uh, you know walk away with the test match great effort from australia as well on a, a pitch which actually played pretty well for a day 5 pitch and outstanding rear guard action from the indians one must obviously mention rishabh pant and cheteshwar pujara but the final partnership was just a great drama i i, I don't think i need to speak too much about it because practically the whole world was following it and the whole world is tweeting about it right now and one person or or two one out of the two people who were doing ball by ball commentary for it as he has done throughout this entire test was Saurabh Somani i was talking to Saurabh yesterday on this on this very podcast and i mentioned to him that will this be will this end with a whimper or will this be a test match where people go back and read his commentary in the months and the years to come Saurabh you don't have to worry people are going to go back and read what you have written for a long long time because i feel this test match is going to be revisited a lot Yeah I mean that is a cause for worry I hope I've done it justice it was such an epic <laughs> <laughs> when you're watching the action live and typing it no I, it just lends a whole different dimension to the experience it's definitely one of the best I've ever been involved in and the fourth member we have an, we have a bigger panel today than than usual on this podcast is our very own Gaurav Sundaraman Gaurav I mean I'm sure a lot of records would have been broken today but what's the best stat record that you came across this entire fifth day's play I think it's the um, most overs faced right you know you would think that uh, India historically would have actually done this quite often and uh, then the more you think about it even the recent past they have never really been in this situation either they've really dominated or kind of squandered an e- uh, a slightly easy uh, win uh, in the fourth innings when they have to chase much lower a uh, lot of examples in the recent past so that was uh, pretty amazing that since 1979 they've never faced more overs than what they faced today in the fourth innings Yeah of course India batted out 131 overs wow that 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 is something uh Deban you mentioned in when we were chatting just before that a lot of people will in the immediate moment remember the heroics of Hanuma Vihari and Ashwin and I think we'll start this podcast by talking about the two of them as well if you just look at the scorecard Vihari is not out 23 Ashwin's not out 39 then you look at the balls faced and that's where it starts getting impressive because vihari faced 161 balls ashwin faced 128 both batted for over 3 hours vihari almost touching the 4 hour mark you know devan what was my best moment when the match ended ashwin had picked up a stump 
Vihari, without even removing his helmet, he's making this casual, cool walk back to the pavilion. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was just so, it was outstanding. Yeah, uh, I mean, full credit to him. Uh, you know, uh, in fact, in retrospect, I must say something. You know, we were discussing yesterday about uh, what Vihari had at stake, uh, in a sense, for this test match. And what I wanted to say at that point was that maybe there won't be that much pressure on him, in a sense, because of the mounting number of injuries in the Indian squad. So, uh, almost he's he was going into this last day's play. He was almost assured of uh, continuity in the Brisbane test match because, you know, India probably didn't have enough fit amid a lot of players. Uh, having said that, he suffered that uh, hamstring tweak very early in his innings. And to back through that uh, pain, I mean, sometimes uh, these kind of injuries do help you because it, it probably restricts your movement. If you think back, uh, that injury probably, I mean, it's easier to say in hindsight, but it probably cost India a chance at going for the win in the last hour or the last, you know, 10 overs or so. But that would again be harsh on Australia because they could have come up with alternate plans. But superb concentration, good good play from him. I think he played a little bit more chanceless, in a sense, than uh, the way that Ashwin uh, batted, especially early on against pace. But both of them were excellent. I think they were very cool. Uh, there was that little banter with Timpain and Ashwin gave it back to him. And in spite of that, he kept his concentration levels up. So, yes, I mean, just in terms of uh, uh, defensive batting, in terms of uh, putting a price on your wicket, taking blows on the body, outstanding, outstanding effort. I think one of the best that we've seen from any team in recent years, uh, let alone from India. We gave the band props for his uh, pre-match prediction. Saurabh will give you props as well because you got one thing right. Yesterday I asked you, will this be make or break for Vihari? You said that it will not be break for Vihari, but it certainly could be make and boy, was it. Oh, yeah. And just, you can't help feeling happy for the guy, you know. Given I, We were discussing this yesterday. Given the test match that he had, you can't help feeling that he deserved uh, some of it. And on that injury, I just wonder if it sort of focused him a little bit more because uh, some of his options were cut. When, when your right hamstring is hurt, you can't really move that much. He was staying really, really still at the crease and maybe that's what was needed when you're batting defensively to draw a test, you know. So, obviously, he would have been better without the injury. But I just wonder if there were one or two unintended, you know, uh, advantages sort of to his thing. And But it was just outstanding, yeah. To do that for four hours with one not even able to jog a run at times, oh, it's just unbelievable. Great show. Fitting tribute to Rahul Dravid on his birthday. Yeah, it was because it was it was a bit it was a bit strange because I thought I'll draw a parallel between Rahul Dravid being his birthday and India's performance today at the start of the day, and then Rishabh Pant just came and changed the entire script of this podcast until Vihari and Ashwin changed it later. But Gaurav, I want to ask you before we get into Pant and Pujara and Ashwin as well, if Vihari wasn't injured, would India then have chased out four hundred and seven? I don't think so. You know, uh, it's not very easy to do this. The moment you lose a wicket, then you end up um, uh, going back to uh, playing for the draw. Um, so I think Jadeja was more crucial than Bihari. That's what I would think. Bihari is not a person who's going to uh, score like Pant, and you needed to score those uh, uh, fours and sixes if you wanted to uh, have a shot. You know, uh, yes, they might have run more, etc. But with more risks, uh, they would have also given more chances. So. I think Jadeja was there. In, if Jadeja was fully fit uh, and Vihari was fully fit, definitely uh, that was on the cards. But uh, I, with Jadeja not being fit, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Now, let, let's go back to the start of the day, Diban. And uh, I think the naysayer in me, the moment Rahane got out and he got out pretty early in the day to, to Nathan Lyon, 
I was like, this this one is going to get over in a hurry. I didn't expect that we'll be recording this podcast almost seven and a half, eight hours later. I thought we'll be doing it much, much earlier. Yeah, uh, I mean, it wasn't the perfect start at all. And uh, it's it's probably fitting in the sense that uh, at the end, when you look at the scorecards, you know, Rahane was the only batsman among the entire uh, Indian batting lineup in the second inning who faced the fewest balls. So it would have been a massive blow. Uh, also, he was the kind of batsman who could have uh, lent a little bit of momentum early on, perhaps alongside Pujara. But in, in the process, uh, what we got with uh, you know Pant coming out ahead of Vihari, I thought was a fairly inspired decision. And uh, he, he did play his uh, fairly his natural game. I mean, he gave a few chances, but he, he went for his shots. I think he copped a lot of flack for the dismissal. I have this school WhatsApp group, which I keep mentioning about you know some of the boys which I went to school with. And many of them thought that India had handed the test match to Australia on a platter when Pant got out. And there was a lot of invective flying for him. But I was just, I was quick to spring to his defense to say that, look, he's gotten you this far. He's, you know, chipped away at that lead. He's put Australia a little bit on the defensive. And he's shown most of all that this is a, still a fairly easy batting track. So I don't think you should be blaming him too much for that. And he got out trying to sort of, you know, go for the shots. And uh, on another day, if he'd sort of uh, not been deceived in flight, he might have just cleared point or, you know, hit it over the top or something. So, Deban, I would like to point you to something we call at Crick Info the G Stats Jinx. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it happens quite often on our uh, office group channels where Gaurav Sundaraman will put out a stat regarding a player who's reaching a certain milestone and invariably that player will not. And for Rishabh Pant, I think he put out three different stats about left-handed batsmen scoring centuries and wicketkeepers scoring centuries. And, you know, what do you know? Pant is out for 97. So, I think you should target your IO <laughs> towards G stats rather than at Rishabh Pant. Australia never lost in GABA in 38 years. Just stating it right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, uh, there's a stat which uh, I've come across. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Gaurav will know the exact details of it. But uh, Rishabh Pant is the first visiting batsman uh, in Australia to have passed 25 in 10 successive test innings. Yeah, in fact, uh, you, you don't even need to add so many caveats, uh, Deban. In fact, uh, just only, they're like, I think, four or five cricketers only to have scored uh, 10 uh, scores of 25 plus in any country. So, it's like pretty pretty amazing achievement what Rishabh Pant has done. And also, uh, I was looking at, uh, in terms of keepers scoring centuries, uh, for India, no doubt he's on top two, especially he scored 100 at Oval also in uh, last in 2018, in the fourth innings. But visiting keepers to score centuries in uh, Australia is uh, like Alan Knott is the only guy who scored a century. So, Pant was just three short of that uh, in the fourth inning. So, what Pant's achieving at this such a young age is, I think, very underrated. We all try to focus on keeping and just look at Tim Payne, what he did. So, And, and this tells you why uh, the Indian management keeps backing him. Uh, and just to follow up on that uh, stat about uh, you know 10 successive scores of 25 plus, he has gone past Jack Hobbs, so one of the legends, one of the all-time greats of the sport. So it just tells you that there is something about this kid, and he deserves that kind of backing. And who knows? I mean, in the next Test match, he might end up playing as a specialist batsman. Saurabh, is it? Uh, I mean, look at look at Rishabh Pant. Yeah, he with with the bat in hand specifically, he had an excellent series in Australia the last time around India of course won that test series he's come here he's performed brilliantly once again with the bat and there's still one test to go if he's fit enough to play I think Rani mentioned that he should be fine not many overseas players do this well in Australia and still end up copying the amount of criticism that Krishapan does I think just 
play him as a batsman let, let saha keep you know half of the criticism he cops is because of his keeping and the other half like debayan was saying maybe because of the shorty plays when he gets out without taking into account the fact that those were the kind of shots he was playing to get to 97 so you know uh, just play he, he might be good enough to just play as a batsman especially with the injuries piling up there's actually a spot now i think for him to play as just a batsman because if vihari goes out then i guess saha has to come in unless you play mayank uh, you bring mayank in and play one of rohit or gill or mayank down the order so there is actually a spot for pant uh, as just a batsman and uh, i think if he's just playing as a batsman and he he has the potential to be good enough for that yeah i think india india's selection for the next test match will be interesting it also of course depends on how many players they do have gorav i think ashwin during the post match presentation he, he was brilliant as he was yesterday in his press conference he was brilliant again when he was talking to the host broadcasters post the match he was extremely happy extremely jovial and he said this is one of the happiest dressing rooms that he's ever been in probably even more than when india won the second test but he did mention one thing he's like ajinkya's uh before the start of the fourth test match he's just going to look around he's going to say which 11 of you are fit and come on the field with me yeah that, uh, in fact that's pretty unbelievable the way they have managed to fight and fight in spite of so many injuries and um i was just uh, putting 11 in my mind for the next match and you know like uh, uh, saurabh said i think you just have to play pant uh, as a pure batsman and play saha as a keeper if vihari is uh, not going to uh, play and jadeja is not going to play you know you don't want to bring in guys like mayank and shaw and up, uh, and kind of upset the opening pair which is done very well uh, you know we have to talk about that sometime or the fact that rohit and gill have set two platforms which is very important for pujara's success as well right rather than coming and facing the new ball up up front so your only options are mayank shaw and saha as batsmen got a while i'll stay with you on on this and i know he will probably get forgotten today because of the heroics of pant of uh, ashwin and of vihari but pujara played yet another key hand it was interesting what uh, sort of mentioned saying that uh, pant will cop criticism for getting out for 97 without realizing that that's those kind of shots are the reason why he gets those scores is it the same but in reverse with pujara absolutely kartik because you know um, mature cricket fans people who understand the game i don't think will uh, keep uh, criticizing this approach you know this is the approach which he knows you can't expect pujara to uh, f- f- like keep hitting sixes and fours right similarly do you do you expect a, a maxwell for example to change his approach every time he comes into bat no you don't but he still gets a uh, uh, bought in auctions for so much money right because of the potential same with rishabh pant you just leave him as as he is yes he will get out and look how many batsmen first of all what was i don't think was spoken much about is how many batsmen would go and try hitting a six or four at 97 you know that's the situation where they just go for uh, uh, three singles and they kind of uh, go but he just didn't bother about the milestone that's what i would think because it's a high risk shot sevag used to do that and he used to do it fairly successfully and you need players like that as well in the team uh, you know you need like gild rohit and pant are three aggressive guys and you have vihari pujara and rahane to play the uh, long game so i think it's absolutely unnecessary and uh, it felt bad last time because the other end also the scores were not ticking and the batsmen were getting out right so pujara did end up scoring a 50 so what matters is what happens at the other end also which people don't take and on people have just lost patience after watching so much of t20 and franchise cricket they can't they need that odd boundary <laughs> that's what i would uh, uh, i would uh, look at and that's why the criticism i don't think um, 
Pujar should just continue playing that. And man, he plays one format. Just allow him to play that uh, properly in his style, right? Even same with Vihari. Um, uh, the pressure with which Vihari was going in this test was actually uncalled for because he hardly gets to play test cricket and he got a run out. And even if he had not done well, I would have continued with Vihari for sure. But the fact that he showed what he's capable of. Yeah, but it's only, it's only unfortunate that he he for sure has a hamstring injury we don't know the extent of it but with such a quick turnaround to to the next test match you're probably not going to have him playing playing at the gaba deban i've written this in my notes and i missed mentioning this at the start when i said that you've predicted everything in the sydney test correctly we of course spoke about your match result prediction but yesterday if i'm not mistaken on this podcast you also mentioned that ashwin will come good with the bat uh, yes, you would expect him to because he's got a organized technique. He's he's a pretty strong-minded cricketer, and this was just the kind of a crisis situation where I expected him to you know come good. But I'll be very honest, I didn't expect him to have to bat this long. I was hoping that it would be more you know closer to maybe half a session or three quarters of a session. But uh, full props to him uh, again. Very smart play, and the the good thing was he was uh, early on he was a little tentative. He was bothered by the short ball, but he was not afraid to play his shots. So th- that was good as well. Uh, even against Lyon, he showed a very good technique of how to smother the spin when it was closer to the stumps and when it was just a touch wide or touch short, he would just take full toll and you know make sure that he got some runs with it. And uh, I would just disagree with Gaurav when he said that you know with Vihari. Uh, you know, injured, even with uh, him not being injured, he wouldn't have seen an Indian victory. Uh, my point here is that India lost out on a lot of potential runs simply because Vihari wasn't able to run between the stumps. I mean, if you note the last uh, 30 odd overs, uh, perhaps each over there were at least two or three singles which were turned down, uh, or more maybe, like two twos and threes which were turned down because of his hamstring injury. So I, I would have thought the way that it was going. Uh, and yes, there is merit to Saurabh's argument as well that perhaps because of his restricted movement, he was uh, actually a little bit more compact in the crease. But they would have definitely scored at a slightly you know, faster clip. And then the pressure would have reversed massively on the Australians because there was nothing much happening with the ball. It was a hot day. Their bowlers were getting frustrated. You could see that in their body language as well. And uh, who knows, you know, with, with uh, two fit batsmen at the crease, uh, with say around you know 40-odd to make in about... 12 or 13 overs, then it could well have been a contest still. I mean, eventually they did get, end up getting very close to them. But um, a lot of that credit must go to Ashwin for playing as positively as he did. Outstanding batting and I mean, really happy for him as well because he's had an outstanding tour. He's bowled well and now to chip in with the bat as well just shows what kind of a leader he is in this group as well. Yeah, and there was this added bonus. I You guys would have heard it of this fan. I don't know if it was a kid, if it was an adult, just screaming, Vihari, Vihari. I mean, was that you, Saurabh, by any chance? Because we heard you singing the Vihari song just before we came on it. (laughs) No, I don't think my voice will carry till uh, Sydney. But uh, if I was there, I would have probably been chanting with him. But to the tune of that uh, Seven Nations Army, which has become an anthem in sports stadiums around the world. I just wanted to say, like, you know, uh, just a word on Ashwin. Facing that short ball barrage that he faced uh, with the second new ball, it was really outstanding. I mean, you don't expect top-order batsmen to do that. And the thing with Cummins and Hazelwood was all their short balls were on target. If you see later on when they tried it and when Stark also tried it, a lot of them were like going down leg and all, much more easier to evade. This one, everything was coming at his ribs, at his throat, at his helmet. And he coughed a lot of bruises, and but he just you know, stayed and he never had the temptation to like, 
give in or sort of get his hands up and fend it off and get caught uh, at the risk of getting caught so yeah hats off to him for that yeah credit to ashwin and you mentioned the australia bowlers gorov so i just want to take this conversation in that direction a bit with eight wickets to get on on the final day and when you get the indian captain out very 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 early on what then went wrong for australia in particular their bowlers i don't think too much went wrong as such i think a lot went right for india uh, some of uh, we we've had a discussion on the slack slack group about how india had about 130 odd balls that they were not in control of for losing just five wickets and in that 36 all out innings uh, they had 31 balls not in control of and they lost all 10 wickets so this was a sort of evening out and in a nice bit of symmetry they needed 36 overs to bat out in the last session of course it was called off an over earlier but yeah it was uh, at that time 36 overs tim pain couldn't let india have even that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and maybe india would have had the highest score of the match you know they ended at 334 and australia had 338 in the first inning <laughs> but, but uh, so i don't think anything went wrong as such it was more about it went right for india uh, maybe some of that luck got uh, evened out and also it was just great concentration great batting by by these four you know uh, pant uh, pujara bihari and ashwin yeah gorav if apart from taking taking holding on to their catches could australia have done anything different i mean they tried the short ball as sorav mentioned it they they attacked they attacked ashwin's body they they just weren't able to get past these two stubborn stubborn cricketers uh, no i think the pitch also didn't really offer it was not a typical fifth day pitch right usually those things happen and look these are four uh, outstanding bowlers so if they can't uh, get these wickets i don't know how many attacks would do and obviously credit to india for batting really well and especially negating lion you know lion uh, didn't deliver like what you would expect him to this series and the, we we criticize so much about uh, ashwin and other uh, bowlers when they don't deliver in the fifth day and uh, especially in a home test i think lion needs to do more if australia that's the only criticism i think the other three are okay uh, lion needs to do slightly uh, more to get those wickets at least uh, for example take ashwin when he, when left handers come he is the go to guy and he usually gets these left handers out now i don't see that with lion as well so uh, I think Lyon needs to do a lot better, um, considering uh, that the odd wicket if he gets it puts uh, uh, less pressure on the other three. But I think uh, pitch didn't offer much, and India batted very well. So I think the pacers just should continue doing that. This is a top-notch attack. I've not seen any attack, uh, uh, and uh, I think uh, uh, writer Monga keep kept. Uh, Uh, maintaining this stat, I, I think to more than hundred deliveries where India were not in control. You know, the Indian batsmen edges beaten, uh, catches drop, so many things, and they still lost only three wickets today. So, um, Australia did create chances, just that things didn't uh, maybe the pitch didn't offer maybe that additional help which typically they get. Yeah, it's probably a fair point when arguably the best Test bowling attack can't pick out. these wickets on the final day it's it's maybe not for the want of trying deban having said that i'm looking at this australia 11 and cameron green impressed in this test match in the india second innings steven smith of course came good he could and maybe should have had two centuries in both innings lavashen did well again the only position that is maybe under threat is that of matthew wade and probably the fitness of david warner Yeah, I mean, uh, they, it was a conscious decision to play David Warner in this match. Clearly, he wasn't a hundred percent, but uh, Australia went with the, the gut feel that 
even a half-fit Warner was better than anybody else that they had in the reserves. And I'm also not so sure if they have anybody else. Uh, I mean, Matthew Wade is more of a sort of a makeshift middle-order player, but he, he has a decent record in recent years. So uh, I don't think that they would, you know, uh, be in a hurry to drop him as such. It's probably just bringing Travis Head back in, right, for that number five. It, it could be a toss-up between the two of them. Travis Head also has had his problems against the Indian bowlers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that could be one change that they could look at. But uh, I would completely agree with Gaurav that it was more down to the pitch. Uh, Australia did create a lot of chances. Even in that final session, there were lots of balls which sort of popped up from an angle. And even Vihari, I think, played on from his gloves onto his uh, left armpit. And then it sort of landed to the right of forward shot leg. So, uh, India had their uh, share of luck as well. Uh, Australia had their share of bad luck. There were dropped catches as well. So, many things could have been different from their perspective. But these are the kind of breaks that you need. These are the kind of breaks that India sadly didn't get back in Adelaide on, the day, on that uh, dramatic day three. But all of it uh, evened out to an extent, and which is why we are heading to Brisbane with uh, all things level and both teams with very much everything to play for. Because India, even with all their injuries and you know piling issues and everything, uh, they've had some you know decent boxes ticked in this test match. Their openers getting runs, their bowling still looking quite decent and potent. I think uh, Navdeep Saini had a much better second innings than he did in the first, so that will be a huge uh, boost for him as well. Uh, one question for them, obviously, will be what to do with that position now vacated uh, by Ravindra Jadeja for sure. Uh, do they go in with an extra bowler? And if so, do they go in with Kuldeep Yadav? So those are perhaps uh, some of the questions that they'll have to think about. And we'll get the answers to them starting January 15th, right, guys? Yeah, not too, not too far, which actually uh, uh, makes me want to tell another point, which is India have actually done a good job uh, by keeping the Australian bowlers uh, for so long, right? What happens is uh, the turnaround time is so less and uh, um, if by chance India win the toss and they bat first, uh, it could work in their favour. So India have set it up well. So Gaurav, you follow a lot of Australia cricket. Would you be tempted to then make a change in that bowling lineup? Because, I mean, I don't want to go as far as saying that Stark is looking a bit toothless, but he is clearly not at his best. No, I wouldn't make any change. These are top four bowlers or uh, their all-time best and they have amazing strike rates barring Nathan Lyon so I, I wouldn't change anything the new person uh, I, I don't know about the fitness of James Pattinson but he's the only guy who also has such a very high strike and rate he was, he was and, ruled out of the SEG test because he was unfit yeah so, so yeah. if Pattinson comes back that's the only uh, potential player who, who can do the same damage I would still continue with the same guys Okay, we leave this brilliant draw at the SCG for now. But I want sort of a word on the overall series because I think, I, I really think we maybe don't appreciate enough how brilliant it has been from India's point of view, particularly considering the laundry list of injuries that, that they have had. If you just look look at the names on, on, on the sheet, it is, it is mind-boggling that India have done so well and are still in the series and to be fair if it if it ends in a draw they get to keep hold of the border gavaskar trophy considering the amount of absentees that are there from their first choice level uh, let me put it this way uh, this is a series that deserved an amazon prime uh, web series you know this is the series that deserves a book at the end of it and uh, yeah and it deserves a web series of its own it's it's amazing how it has gone yeah, absolutely. And we still have one test to go. Deban and G-Stats, any early predictions for the fourth and the final test at Brisbane? 
uh yeah just to keep it short i think india in a slightly better place than australia in many ways uh, just because of the uh, mental boost that they would have got from this match and also the point that god made about having put australia uh, out in the field for a whole day uh, a much will depend on the pitch because brisbane typically does offer a little bit of movement and some bounce as well but that should be something that the indian spinners might enjoy as well so if they get the batting combinations right uh, and uh, you know even uh, get their overall 11 right and if they are a little lucky with the toss then who knows we might be looking at another indian series victory but deban this series who has won the toss has actually lost that's why I, it's very hard to even uh, predict you know i keep think, uh, thinking toss is very important it has been so important in australia but this series has just gone uh, completely uh, like what the it's gone against cricketing logic in lot of ways you know whatever people thought's not happening so if you ask me uh, by if we go by that uh, logic then india should win in brisbane and comfortably win the series and break australia's uh, unbelievable record at gaba but i don't think that's going to happen it's not going to be that straightforward like uh, the band said india need some more uh, things going their way with their injuries but uh, i think australia might just edge it excellent we'll we'll of course we'll chat a lot more during the course of the four test every day after the day's play on a stump bike devan and gorov thank you so much for joining us saurav it's time to start working on that script we'll go pitch it to espn plus we'll go pitch it to disney plus hotstar for this test series i love that idea 